Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Rick Highland, who is the president of CI for Life. Rick, how you doing? Good, Timmy. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Okay, well, first, thanks. Love the title of your podcast. Love what you're doing. So thanks for that. And thanks for having me on. So some of my hobbies and interests uh, are, are um, big time into running and biking. And uh, I've done many marathons, many half marathons. Um, I guess one of the achievements I should note is uh, a couple of my kids and my wife and I, a couple of years ago, did Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. Uh, so hiking, biking, running. I guess uh, the other interesting thing on the running side is I... I did qualified and did the Boston Marathon in 2003. So anything around outdoors and recreation and fun, uh, I'm all in. That's awesome. That's epic. Tell us a little bit more about CI for life and what you do. So it's uh, after I retired from my uh, running a consulting company that we grew from 30 people to 250 people. I said, well, what's next? And I looked at my purpose statement and I said, you know, and I can't just retire. So I'll go to semi-retirement. And I started an online coaching and productivity improvement uh, company called CI for Life or Continuous Improvement for Life. That's what the CI stands for. So that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. I love it. I love it. And tell us about that purpose statement and what that is. Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. So, yeah, I wrote a book after I retired called Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step guide to living your best life. And it was really all just trying to explain to people the value of really articulating your why and your personal purpose. You know, some people say, you know, my why is to be a husband or or a provider or our mother or uh, a servant of God or whatever that might be. But there's some really uh, some value in asking yourself some deep reflective questions to articulate and write it down. Uh, on who you want to be and how you want to be remembered. So I did that as a 28-year-old, Timmy, and it actually helped me. I was struggling in an MBA program. I had just moved my family across country and um, gone, you know, uprooted. And, you know, and I was the, one of the youngest people in the class and least experienced. And I had a crisis of uh, the first big test we got back. I was one of the lowest grades in the class. And I thought, What? what did I do? I moved my family all across it. I'm the youngest. I'm working hard. I don't know how to work any harder. So I threw a pity party and got discouraged for the evening. And the next morning I said to Cheryl, I'm going down to our basement. I'm going to spend the weekend writing a mission statement. I called it at the time. Now I call it a purpose statement. And I answered a couple of key questions like, you know, what are my strengths? How do I want to be remembered? And I tried to package it then some from some of those questions into a purpose statement. And that's what I did as a 26 year old and make a long story short, Timmy, as recruiting came a year, I I didn't get valedictorian because of my purpose statement, uh, but I did okay. 
Uh, but a year and a half later, we started recruiting for jobs and nothing looked interesting. And then all of a sudden, and I had remembered this statement that I had done, and it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence, but no big revelation or insight from it. And these companies started applying and I, nothing looked good. The marketing job, Procter Get, nothing looked interesting. And all of a sudden, a niche consulting company showed up and said, almost the same words I'd written in my purpose statement. Mm. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. So I applied for the job. Anyhow, fast forward uh, when the list came out, and this is before computers, so they literally wrote it on the wall and one to 10, and I wasn't on the interview list. And so I called them up and I uh, talked to the head of HR, and they, this is how they said, I'm not sure I was quite this bold, but I said, you know, I, I think you made a mistake. Um, I got, you know, I got your posting and I love the job. And I, well, Mr. Highland, they looked at my uh, resume at the time. Well, you're pretty young. You're pretty inexperienced. All the other candidates have more experience. And I, so I had nothing to lose at that point, Timmy. So I said, well, my purpose statement. <laughs> and I told him about it. And I told him it's almost the exact same word. Continuous improvement. Uh, make a difference. Action orientation. Change people's lives. All those kind of things. And so anyhow, they said, okay, kid, put your name on the wall. Write your name, number 11, 5 p.m. on Thursday and you get yourself an interview. And anyhow, long story short, I was the only one that got the job that year. And I went on and uh, as I mentioned, after 32 years, retired as chief operating officer. And we grew that thing to be a good medium-sized consulting company. But to me, it was all because of my experience with the value of really clarifying who you want to be and what are your strengths and where do you want to go in your life. And then when I went to write the book, I, I did a whole bunch of research and said, surely this isn't just good for me. And uh, not a word of a lie, I found 10 other reasons besides career and clarity, uh, health reasons, like less hospital stay, live longer, happier, more satisfaction, all these things in people's research papers. So I thought, you know, I got to write this book and talk about the value of clarifying purpose in people's lives. So I know that's a long answer, but that's what purpose means to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So would you say that's your motivation in life, helping people clarify their purpose and work towards continuous improvement? Yeah, absolutely. People often ask me, you know, where do you get your motivation from? And it really starts with really understanding your strengths, who you want to be, how do you want to be remembered? And from that comes a whole bunch of motivation, confidence, clarity. And so, yeah, I thought, well, I'm retired now. How can I best be of service? And so that's what my thought process was, is how can I help people understand the value of purpose and goals and, and then techniques and skills and tools on how to stay on purpose? Because we all know when we set goals and set a direction for life, that setbacks still happen. It's not like it's one glorious path to success, right? And so the third part of the book, after purpose and goals, is this idea of, okay, how do we stay on purpose? What are the tools and skills that people use to stay motivated once they've articulated a direction? So yeah, those are kind of my three areas to help people uh, stay motivated, purpose, goals, and then tools and techniques on how to stay motivated. Gotcha. Gotcha. What are some of those tools and techniques, if you don't mind? Sharing? So it's everything from gratitude, daily writing gratitude in your planner to, to what are you grateful for? What do you have versus winners or people that stay motivated? Don't just focus on what they're missing all the time. That leads to some 
very unhappy, unsatisfied people. But if you can train your brain to both focus on your goals and be grateful for what you already have, it's an amazing combination for happiness. One of the other chapters in there in section three is around staying present. So it's really hard to both stay present, stay calm, and motive and, and uh, meditation is a technique to do this and both still strive for something in your life. How many people do you know say, well, once I graduate, then I'll be happy or then life will be great. Or once I get out of debt, then I'll be happy and then life will be great. Or once I get my first million, you know, whatever it might be, people are always saying, well, then I'll be happy and then I'll be content. So how about let's live day to day, both striving and content and staying present and having the skills to do both. So that's what that third section is all about. Love it. Tell us a bit more about your vision for your coaching practice and what you're trying to do there. Yeah, just help people do exactly what we just talked about. How can I strive for excellence in my life, have goals, have purpose, and be satisfied and live in the moment? Because I really believe that's where happiness. In fact, I did a piece of research on my own. Rather than looking it up, I, I, I uh, on MailChimp, I did 4,000 people in US, Canada, Australia. And I tried to find out what is this elixir, what is this mixture of happy, content, and striving. And uh, I found three practices in people's lives of the most happiest people and successful people in life. And one of them was exercise, daily regular exercise. Another was service, giving, helping others. And uh, the third one is planning. Is and, and that actually is small p purpose, right? And so I try to find, you know, help people be happy and successful. And the recipe, as I've said, can be very simple, right? Uh, planning to have a great day, uh, being grateful, exercising, getting the endorphins flowing. So there are some simple recipes to help people be successful and happy in life. Hey, I love it. Awesome. Well, if there were one or two people you could meet right now, or one or two types of people that you could meet right now, that would really help you take the next step towards getting um, your coaching practice out there as much as possible and helping as many people as you can, who would they be and how would they help you? Wow, that's an interesting question. I mean, my hero and my favorite book of all time is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. He's passed. So if you said living or dead, I, that's how I'd answer the question. But uh, I've always um, kind of modeled my life and some of my teachings and coaching around those seven habits. So it would probably be whoever's running uh, Covey Institute today and meeting them and having them see what I've done with their father or grandfather's material and kind of taking it to the next step. So that, that would answer the question of what's my favorite book and who would I like to meet? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what's the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you get your coaching business out there and help as many people as possible? Yeah, just uh, get to my website, find the free tools and the tools on there, ciforlife.org. And um, there's free tools on there on how to develop purpose and goals. There's also, if you want more help, some coaching. And I actually, um, Timmy, just uh, uh, put out a new uh, teachable course called Millennial Money. And it's uh, a lot of my coaching these days is targeted to 22 to 38 year olds, millennials, and helping them set up their career and their life. So I did this course with seven videos, seven steps, 
millennial money. And I'm, I'm hoping that that blesses people's lives. I've got it super discounted right now to five bucks, seven videos where I teach people everything from purpose to goals, right into investment strategies and how to get passive income and multiple streams of income. And then the last chapter is on self-care. Some of the things we've been talking about here around exercise and, and uh, taking care of yourself as well. Because if you want to be a multimillionaire and successful and happy in life, those are the seven steps. It's not just, you know, start an amazing business, strike it rich, because we know, all know a lot of uh, rich, unhappy people. So there's got to be more to life than that. So that's kind of why I did that video. Uh, Teachable is, you know, in coaching millennials, you can touch one person, but on some of the videos and the courses, you can touch hopefully thousands and more. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Now take us back into you being 26 years old, writing that purpose statement for that weekend. What would you say to the person who hears that and says, well, I don't know myself. I don't know what I want with my life and I can't decide like other people can. Well, you know, actually in helping people articulate purpose, that is a big issue. In fact, some of the research says there is anxiety about because, you know, oh, my goodness, I got to get it perfect. I mean, I don't know exactly. I mean, I don't know if I want. And I always felt uh, jealous of the people that said, oh, I want to be a doctor. You know, they knew exactly because most of us, myself included, didn't know exactly. And so it took really sharpening. And in my purpose statement, it says nothing about be a management consultant or a coach. But it said words of who I want to be and how I want to do it, including continuous improvement, make a difference in people's lives, etc. So uh, I would say to help people reduce that anxiety of trying to make the perfect statement of exactly who I want to be. That's why I've done an audio course, a, a teachable course, a free online services on my website. I call it triple seven, seven questions over seven days to help you contemplate and think through. Even my, one of my own daughters, I have six kids and 15 grandkids, one of my daughters got just paralyzed by it. Well, dad, I don't know how to. So that's why I developed this seven questions that you can answer each day. And then by day seven, I help you bring it all together in six to 50 words that are meaningful for you. And oh, by the way, you don't have to have it perfect. And no, it didn't tell me the exact career I wanna do. But when I found that exact career, my eyes lit up, my brain lit up, and I said, wow, that's it. Um, the other thing I would say to people is that I've revised my purpose statement twice in my life. One, one when I was 40 and tried to find this idea of how to stay present versus always searching for big dreams and how to find that combination of both full and hungry in your life, both striving and content. And then I revised it again uh, and actually simplified it again when I went to retire two years ago. So you don't have to get it perfect. You don't have to nail exactly who you want to be when you grow up, but take yourself through a series of reflective questions and you'll be further ahead. Even if you don't have a perfect statement, I've had some people just come up with six words, right? It's not a beautiful paragraph. It's six words that tells them. And so their brain then goes searching for how to fulfill those six words. And it's a very powerful um, direct piece of direction for your life, even if it's not a beautiful statement. So in other words, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start, start answering this first simple question. You're at your funeral. You can't control what people say, but you are able for some reason, able to look over and listen to what people are saying. What do you want them to say? 
unless we reverse engineer your life right now, whether you're 20 or 40 or 60, to say, okay, that's how I'd like to be remembered. I'd like to be remembered as kind, successful, caring, whatever creative, whatever words come to your mind. And that's, that's the start of your purpose. That's the start of a direction for your life. And then you can reverse engineer that back to some goals and some actions to take, you know, and you might just come up with, well, you know, I want to be beautifully creative. Let's say that's what comes out of, you know, that dream, that vision of your life. Then, okay, well, how do I become more beautifully creative in my life? What's some, well, I, I should talk to other beautifully creative people, you know, and I know two people that are living that. I should interview them and find out what they do. And that might germinate some ideas for direction for your life. So, yeah, that's a great question, Timmy. You don't, very rarely, in my experience, do people nail it perfect on who they want to be. Uh, and so it is a beautiful, beautiful, iterative process, but it starts with sitting down with a piece of paper in your journal and start with that one question. And if you need more help than that, then you can go to my web website and I'll help you. Awesome. I love that. I love that. And you said the seven over seven is on your website? Yeah, that triple seven process. I've got it in PDF for free, or there's a simple audio course that I'll, I'll send you to your, to your phone you say 7 a.m., you want the seven questions and the process to take you through to finish. I'll give you, I think it's $9.99 on my website. I'll take you through every day. You'll get a text from me with uh, two minutes of audio coaching, and then you do the exercise, and then day two, day three, so on. In fact, chapter three of my book takes you through the triple seven process as well. That's on Amazon, Live Your Purpose, for I think I got it down to $8.91. This is cheap as Amazon will let me uh, do that. And so, yeah, there's a couple of different ways to um, get going. There we go. There we go. I love that. Well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And okay. we already answered the first question, favorite book, movie, or podcast. We got seven habits of highly effective people right there. What is one way you like to take care of yourself? Okay. So this is, I stole this term from my friend, but the, for years and years and years, whether I've been super busy in the middle of a hectic career and raising a family or now, I start with the hour of power. And that means early in the morning, because I found if I did it at night or at five o'clock, something always interrupts. So before everybody wakes up, I start with the hour of power. And it starts with prayer, gratitude, exercise, planning. If I can do those four things, and sometimes I add some reading, some scriptural reading and whatnot. But if I can do those four or five things first thing in the morning, nothing can stop me from success. And those are all self-care items, right? Those are all planning, relaxation, directional, getting your brain endorphins going. And uh, boy, I mean, those next few hours right after doing that hour of power and all those things, I, I, if I woke up in a bad mood or I had a bad day yesterday, you start it with your hour of power and those four or five things, you've at least bought yourself a half day of success, minimally. I mean, there could everything else could fall apart after that, but you still got your hour of power the next morning. And so now, are you literally doing all of these activities in an hour, or do you take more time? Than that? Well, you know what? When I was on the road and traveling with consulting, I, I would have to sneak it in in an hour. At, yes. Um, but today, no, I actually take more than that, and it's up to a couple hours because I have the time to do that. But I, for busy executives, busy mothers, busy people, you can do it. I mean, if you're extremely planned and disciplined in yourself at first thing, you don't check email, you don't check text, you don't text social media 
you jump right into your hour of power, you can do it in an hour. Now you'll say, well, geez, I want more than 30 minutes. But <laughs> you know, if you're super busy, start with just trying to contain those four or five things in an hour and see what it does. In fact, people are against multitasking, but you can, you can, you can, while you're working out, listen to your favorite podcast, or you can listen to your favorite scripture or your favorite motivational book. And maybe you don't get as much out of it, but really seriously, if you only have that hour, then do it that way and you can get uh, lots done. But it starts with gratitude to set your mindset. And all it takes, that just takes three minutes, right? What amazing things, what small things, what great things, what little things happened in my life yesterday that I can focus my brain on gratitude, grateful to get my day off on the right track rather than focusing, because where does our brain want to go? It want to focus on the problems, i got to tackle today, my kids struggling, my work, you know, whatever it might be. But if you dedicate yourself to that hour of power, it'll set your mind, mindset straight and right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Do you have any tips on actually feeling gratitude? Because I know I've done some gratitude journals before, and I'm just writing out things I'm thankful for, but I don't feel it. Yeah, that is a really good point. And so maybe it's your five minute meditation beforehand so you can slow yourself down. Because so many of us, and I, I am guilty of this as well, when you're buzzing fast in a busy career, busy life, busy family, whatever you got, it's hard. Even you could read your favorite scripture. You could read, do your gratitude list and you, and it, it, it doesn't you know, really register. So for people like that, and what I found works is if you really do some deep breath work, and slow yourself down, even if all you have time to do is 10 deep breaths, right? Four, 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 four in, four hold, four up. You'll find yourself slowing down so you can feel better. So you can let your scripture or your gratitude or whatever you're trying to meditate or contemplate on. So that's what I have found for myself and many is that we're going so fast, even first thing in the morning, that you have to slow yourself down so you can feel it. So you can. And the other advice I would have on that one, Timmy, is that habit does lead to uh, feeling. If you, you, um, I find that willpower is fleeting, even for the most highly motivated people, even with a clear why, but habits aren't. So if you can put yourself in some, instead of relying on your willpower to get your exercise done or your gratitude, it's, man, that's just, if I feel lousy in the morning, it's just what I do. It's my, I, I can't not start this day without gratitude and exercise, right? Because it's my habit. It's so habitual right now. And by then, it some days do feel like a check the box. You're right. But if you can really slow down and look inside and, and do your breath work, I find that all those exercises are more meaningful in your life. And then sometimes the other advice I would give is check in with a coach or a peer. Sometimes talking it through rather than writing it down is really meaningful. In fact, it can bring quite an emotional experience as you're talking through with a trusted advisor, coach, friend, peer, uh, as you really kind of settle in on what are the blessings in your life? What are the things that happened over the last month, day, week, quarter that are significant and why? And what did I learn from that? And what does that mean? So often when people aren't feeling it, do some breath work, see if that helps. And if that's not helping, get with a trusted advisor, have somebody coach you through it, lead you through it, talk you through it. And it's amazing. I mean, in this seat over here, as I've coached people, they get emotional. They don't know why they're emotional, but just 
bringing it alive and talking it through these learnings and these blessings in your life can be that that's how you can feel it. Awesome. Awesome. I love that breath work and talking it through with people. Sounds good. Well, what is one action step that you can take right now to really get your message out there and help as many people as possible or continue yeah. to take if you're already doing it? Say it again. Or continue to take if you're already doing it. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I find extreme um, satisfaction out of one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I just feel a sense of urgency to take it to thousands and millions. And so that's why I'm doing more podcasts. I'm doing more advertising. I'm doing more courses so that I could, those are the three things that I'm doing right now. Cause I really love to impact with these messages, you know, thousands and millions of people. And so I'm, I'm going to some expense to try to do that, you know, whether that be Facebook advertising or, or um, get, <clears throat> excuse me, getting uh, this out to the public. So I feel a great deal of passion and urgency, particularly millennials on this new course I put out. If you start investing in an S&P 500, just a normal basic fidelity fund, I mean, which is getting like 40% this year, but it won't always get that. But you start doing that as a 20 year old or a 25 year old, you're, whatever you do, you put $100 a month for 40 years, $100, that's all, that's a 25 year old, average return of 12%, which is a lot less what an S&P 500 ETF is getting right now, you're a millionaire at 60. Now, mind you if, you, if you do that at 25 and you're getting the kind of returns that the S&P is doing right now, you're, it's way quicker than that. But I, I give the most conservative case. So that's part of why I feel this sense of urgency to grab millennials and say, you know, I know you're worried about your career. I know you're worried about, you know, having fun. I know you're worried about making a difference. But if you started, if you did that one practice today, you'll be a millionaire, let alone what else you do in your life whether you do crypto, whether you get a great career, all that kind of stuff. And I find that takes the pressure off, like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm, I'm doing this one simple activity in my life and it's gonna bring financial security, financial independence down the road. So anyhow, I probably answered too many questions in there, Timmy, you got me all excited. <laughs> hey, I love it, I love it. Well, I have um, actually two more questions for you. Tell us about the yeah. power of consistency and discipline and how to create that in your life when you are a person who has none of it. Yeah, that is a great point. And that's why I'm such a big morning encourager. Oh, I'm a night person. Well, that's okay. What if you just woke up an hour earlier before the kids wake up before you have to go to, because if you can do that, you can get consistent because if you're relying on a 5 PM or a 9 PM, we have so many interruptions to our schedule today, right? Even if it's, I just want to go watch the ball game or the kids or my friends or my work, whatever. So first of all, start early, do it an hour before you're needed. Oh, that's too early. That's 5 a.m. Well, I know, I know guys that do this at 3 a.m. And that's a little, and today in my life, I, you know, I used to do it at 5 a.m. on the road when I'm traveling and that was the only time I could do it. But my argument is, is that if I can find a consistent, the brain loves consistency. If you're doing your habits at different times of the day, you're not training your brain to be consistent. The brain craves, thrives, right? We eat, we brush our teeth, we, we do these consistent things in our life, right? 6 p.m., I'm hungry, right? Or whatever time you're hungry, right? So 
If you can find this consistent hour to do these habits, you're training your brain. Oh, it's 5.30 in the morning. This is what I do. Now, I know that's brutally hard for people that aren't morning people, but uh, that's how to find consistency. So, and, and, and start small, start small. Well, I want to be a marathon runner. Nah, don't start there. Well, I haven't even run a mile. Ah, don't even start there. Start with the goal of, I'm going to get up at 5.30 and I'm going to walk for five minutes. Let me tell you one quick story, Timmy, this researcher, Dr. Bob Maher, uh, I cite him in my book and I've done a podcast with him and he's an incredible guy, but basically he writes this book uh, about Kaizen and change the small way. And he's a medical doctor. And Kaizen, by the way, is just business term for make small changes in your business and you'll improve over time. And that's what I did as a, a 32 years of consulting is help people do small changes over time that make a big difference. But uh, Dr. Marr had this um, patient come in and she was in her mid thirties, two kids, single, uh, busy, stressed. These kids were, you know, in school. And so it was just a demanding life. She overstressed, over uh, uh, worked, uh, 20 pounds overweight, uh, uh, cholesterol up, hypertension, all these things. So she's starting to go to the doctor and the doctor said, well, you need exercise. You need this, you need that. She's unable to start it. She's unable to do it because she's so stressed. She's just past that wall of, I can't start anything. I can't, I can't even imagine running a mile or getting an exercise uh, technique going. And so um, the doc, Dr. Bob said to her, well, do you watch TV at night to relax a little bit when your girls go to bed? Yeah, I do, okay. What if you started with one of your commercials, a three minute commercial set, you just did jumping jacks in place or, or um, walk around the house, for that three minutes. Do you think you could do that? Yeah, I can do that, I can do that. Okay, then I want you to come back in a couple of weeks after doing that and tell me how it's going. So she comes back in a couple of weeks and you know where this is going, right? She says, wow, man, that was so easy. I, I started doing it during two commercial breaks and I've just kept it consistent and it was just, you know, and I haven't noticed any weight loss and I don't feel much better, but I did it. Okay, so Dr. Bob says to her, okay, what if, when you watch TV at night, every commercial break, you did your jumping jacks or whatever that activity. Can you do that? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you know where this is going, right? So over time, she she's got a habit, she's got consistency. Now she starts walking outside, she's got an exercise and she ended up running 10 Ks and different things like that. Lost her, didn't need medicine anymore. You know, the hypertension's down. So the lesson in life is, first of all, Find the same hour every day to do your habits. That's the brain training your brain for consistency. And the second lesson is start small, start extremely small. Yeah, I can't, I, I hate running. Well, okay, go outside and walk for five minutes. Start there. Can you do that? Can you exercise during commercial? So if you start small, all of a sudden you're, you're not freaking out your limbic system, your brain. You're not, oh my goodness, I can't do exercise 30 minutes a day. Well, can you walk for two minutes a day? Can you do jumping? You know, you get the point, right? And that's with anything, not just exercise. Start small. Don't freak out your fight or flight system. You want consistency in your life, start small and do it at the same time every day. There we go. There we go. All right. My last question it requires a bit of pretext. Okay. You know how there are people in the world that have a fixed mindset, aren't willing to accept help and aren't willing to accept change. Sometimes they die like that. They just never change. And then 
sometimes they change to a growth mindset, willing to accept help, willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? Oh man, I love your terminology here too. The importance of even as we're training our kids to have a growth mindset, I'll continue to learn. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be first. Those kind of things. Try your best. All those things foster a growth mindset. So parents listening, start that very young. That's one way. So let's assume in your scenario there, Timmy, I'm 40 years old and I'm stuck. I can't, I can't learn to invest. I can't exercise. My parents never taught me either of those things. I'm stuck. I, I get that on investing too, Timmy. Oh, I, I can't understand the stock. I can't understand crypto. That's monk. And if you can get in a learner's mindset, you absolutely can. So two things to change that. Or I can't stop smoking, right? That's, you know, or I can't stop drinking or I can't, whatever it might be. But you're absolutely right. If you can teach yourself a learner's mindset and be open and curious. So two things can do that besides some of the things that we start young, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, number one, have a breakdown, right? <laughs> People, right? They, they hit rock bottom on drugs and alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden they see the light, if you will. And all of a sudden they're open and ready for change. How many books, how many podcasts have we listened to that? So hopefully most of us don't have to do that, right? So what's another idea? So a simple idea, and again, I'm trying to start with basics, a very like the Dr. Bob example. Start with being curious. Start with asking more questions of yourself and people, right? How did you learn to exercise? How did you learn to crypt? How did you learn to invest? How did you learn to fill in the blank in any area that you're, just be curious. You don't have to read 25 books a month. You don't have to start an incredible motivational program. Just start, shift your mindset every day. I'm gonna ask 10 people, 10 questions. Ah, what's that gonna do? Well, that's going to start to open your curiosity. That's going to start to train your brain to be a curious learner, which, which is all about the learning mindset, right? And so that's one very simple way to uh, start is just start to learn. You know, what did other people do to quit drugs? What did other people do to learn investing? What did other people? And just, you don't have to, you don't have to, um, you know, uh, buy an expensive course. You don't have to go to uh, Tony Robbins. You don't just start with being a curious learner about the areas. Just, just do that. Don't freak out your brain. Just start with asking some very basic questions of people uh, that you trust. And that could lean to opening your mindset to be a learner. A lifelong learner is really the goal, right, Timmy? That's what we're about. I I'm at 60 and um, I'm not finished learning. I, I just in the last year learned crypto and what an amazing return on investment because I was curious, curious enough to get expert advice from my guy that I paid good money to find and learn but what an inc incredible learn on investment because I said, I wanna learn it. 10 years ago, I said, this is hocus pocus. This is, what are they doing with machines and coolers and mining? And, and, and last year, I, December, I said, well, I wanna learn about that. Let me just start asking some questions. Let me ask some experts. Holy smokes, Ethereum. Wow, there's some, there's some really cool demand that's going to come uh, for Bitcoin, which I always saw the supply side. I didn't understand the demand side. So anyhow, that's just one example. If you just be curious, like I'm, you could say, well, I'm afraid of crypto. What if I lose all my money? Well, 
just start by asking questions. Just, just read a small article. Just, and that can apply to anything in your life. You know, you don't have to say, okay, now I'm a learner. Now I'm an open book, right? Just start by asking questions every day. How's that? I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Rick, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, I, I think you, you're, Timmy, you've asked some amazing questions. You've got my, all my juices flowing. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for trying to make a difference in the world. Yeah, and if people want to learn a little bit more about me, they can go to ciforlife.org and they're going to find all my teachable stuff, my books, my uh, coaching, whatever they're, they might need help with. And uh, hope people and wish you all the success and all the listeners, all the success in the world to accomplish their dreams. Well, there we go. If you guys were listening to this and you loved what Rick had to say, make sure to go to ciforlife.org, connect with him, take his advice and apply it to your life and also spread it to your community because that's what we're out here, to, out here to do, help everybody. As we always ask, send this podcast to one to two people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes. Guys, thank you for listening. Rick, thank you for being on the show. Timmy, well done. Thanks. All right. We're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.